You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun. Senor, you have obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas. I'm on There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals, and welcome to Week 16, a Christmas special of the Wingfoot Locks, brought to you by Wingfoot Sports. I am Joe Masiri, still in my Christmas PJs, and Greg Hoyle is wearing your formal Christmas attire as he joins us this Christmas Day. Greg, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Real quick, before we get started here, uh, we'll get back into the, the festivities in a second. Um, New Orleans money line and Arizona money line for a little two-team parlay. It's 421 right now. Go grab that with nine minutes left before kickoff. Uh, so you could say I'm in more of a giving spirit than Joe because I'm getting right to the the uh, chase right here. Um, I should have a festive little hat, though. We all should have a festive little hat. I appreciate you for giving out your picks nice and early. Uh, go get that in if you are following along this Christmas Day, obviously, on Facebook. If you're listening to the podcast, well, then obviously you're not going to get that one in. But we wanted to give something out there, like a little gift in the stocking that maybe you forgot about as we get into it here. So this Christmas, we are going to go rapid fire. We know you've got dinner with your family. You've got toys to play with. You've got clothes to try on, whatever it may be, drinks to be consumed. We're going to go rapid fire. Uh, Greg and I will give our picks. We will either say concur if we have one nugget to add, either in addition to support that argument or against, just to warn, we're going to put it out there and we are going to get off to a fast start. Are you ready to go, Greg? Rapid fire. Let's go, baby. I I think this is going to be tough for us. So you gave it out already. We're going to start with the Cardinals. Why do you like the Arizona Cardinals minus four and a half this week? Go ahead. Uh, It's a really good spot in as much that uh, you've got San Francisco, who's going to be scooting back and forth. I I like the travel situation there where they've been a little bit displaced and um, they're getting the week. Um, Hopefully you can confirm this. They're getting the week with the family and then they're going to scoot back down to Arizona. Um, But I think the bigger situation is Arizona's always played San Francisco. Like when they were on the come up, they were always playing San Francisco tight um, and then would just, you know, just barely fall short. And correct me if I'm wrong, they scooted ahead of um, earlier on this year. Now they've got a bundle to play for, um, right? So they've obviously got a lot to show in this game, but I like the team that's got a bunch to show for, um, to show up for, a bunch to play for. Their head's not out in Christmas land, right? They're not thinking about the end of the season, scheduling that nice vacation, um, and they've got a lot to prove. So I'll lay the I'll lay the four and a half. I already gave it in the parlay, uh, but I think Arizona, you know, they're they're playing good enough, right? Nice nice win last week against the the Eagles, playing good enough to to win and head into the playoffs. I don't think they're still don't think they're going to be you know world beaters in the playoffs, but certainly good enough to beat. Um, the San Francisco's team at this point in the year. I think they're just looking ahead to next year. 
I am on this game as well. I agree with you, Greg. My additional support is C.J. Beathard playing quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers this week. Uh, he has, I believe, one win under his belt. Uh, has a, a 75, I think, quarterback rating. I don't trust him uh, in this spot going up against the Cardinals, who have been playing some of their best football as of late. Uh, and I think a bit of a dream crusher scenario. They've gone through this gauntlet here. I think this is going to be an emotional week because everybody was talking about them not getting to see their families and they're going because they've been playing in Arizona. That's the one caveat that I have here is how much of a home field is this for San Francisco? They're comfortable playing in there. But you said it when you're going back and forth there. Uh, I think they're going to think about their families. Life is bigger than football for them right now. So their focus is not on football. It is SpongeBob SquarePants. But I say lay the points with the Arizona Cardinals this week. Um, four and a half is the number. The next game that we're going to look at is a Saturday game. I think I am on this one solely. The Miami Dolphins laying three points against the Oakland Raiders. Okay, Miami has been given a short straw the entire season. I think they're an NFL best 11-3 and three against the spread this season. Uh, nobody is giving them any respect. And the real reason is because of their defense, in my mind. Their defense has been playing above and beyond. They have covered up for Tua Tugavailoa, who has not performed that well against good defenses. Even though the team has won, it's been because defense and special teams. Brian Flores has this team playing in all three phases of the game, and that's why I like them. Now, they're going out to face Las Vegas, who is has a quarterback right now, Derek Carr, who wasn't supposed to be playing. He was supposed to miss two weeks. Now he's back on nine days with this groin injury. I don't think that's a good thing for him. I think it would have been better if they went with Marcus Mariota. The Oakland defense has been non-existent. I think they fell into the black hole, and they haven't popped back up yet this season. I don't know why. So I think Tua has his best game of the season. Couple that with a solid defense by Miami. I think this has struggle written all over it for them, and they win this one and cover the point spread. I think it's too short at three points. Any comments, Greg? Would have just loved it with Mariota starting just because Mariota and Cam Newton, probably similar type of game style there. Um, but I, I like the pick. Awesome. All right, we'll move on to the next game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers visiting the Detroit Lions. Tampa Bay minus nine and a half. Find that number. It's key. I love the Bucks laying the nine and a half points this week. Why? couple reasons. Well, Tom Brady has a chance to clinch a spot in the playoffs. When he has that chance, I don't think he lets it slip through his fingers. Also, Detroit right now has tons of problems with COVID. They have two coaches on their, on their uh, team right now that are calling the plays that have never coached in an NFL game before, have never done this in an NFL game before. That spells trouble. Matthew Stafford obviously has his share of injuries that he's dealt with. They are banged up on the defensive end. And Antonio Brown is starting to click with Tom Brady. I think that is very scary. We know the Bucks' defense is solid. Detroit played a game last week where they were competitive. They put up a lot of points, I should say. The game was kind of out of hand with Tennessee. They couldn't score with them. I see another similar type game this week. They're going to score some points, but I don't think they can keep up with Brady and that Bucks team. I think they win this one and cover that big number as they clinch the playoff spot for uh, the first time in a while and Bruce Arians there. Any thoughts, Greg? 
Joe, actually, um, I couldn't answer because it was Christmas Eve and uh, I was with family, but I got a voicemail that actually called me and asked me if I could do some coaching for them this week in the game because they were so, uh, you know, limited there. But uh, obviously I can't make it. Um, so you tell me the names of the people that are calling the plays there and I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you an extra win in the old head to head battle there. This is going to be the first um, end of the tease for me. So we're getting it at nine and a half. We're going to pull it down to two and a half. Um, I like everything that you said and just, man, that's, that's a, just a tough coaching situation there. It's, it's really going to be difficult for them. And when you have the motivation of, of Tampa Bay going in there, I, I just really like the situation. All right. Next game we're going to look at is Houston taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. The Texans are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. The Bengals coming off their big win on Monday Night Football against the Steelers. Greg, you like the Texans in this one. Why? They just won the Cincinnati Super Bowl. So um, they're they're partying. They're off the short week, right? They just beat the, the rival uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. They still don't have a quarterback. Um, they play good defense, but I think Houston plays better offense at home. Uh, and I just... You know, how, how could you – you couldn't really ask for a better situation here, in my opinion, right? Houston, after another devastating uh, – how they end up fumbling in, like, the exact same script as the way that they lost to, to Indianapolis the last time. So, um, you know, why is a 4-10 and 10 team a 7-point favorite against a 3-9-1 and one team? I think you're you're seeing something in the line there. I think they're going to roll. I don't think it's going to be close. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay those seven points. I believe I also mentioned that this is going to be the other game in my tease. So we tease this down to pick them, correct? Correct. That is going to be the other half of your tease. You did not mention it here, so I'm glad you got to that. Here's my one caveat on this. I think that Cincinnati, while their offense is is who the heck knows what it is right now without Joe Burrow, uh, their defense has seemed to establish an identity over the last couple weeks, and this is a big number. That's the part that scares me a little bit here. When a team is, is looking for an identity and trying to carry some momentum into next season, I think this is an opportunity for them to be competitive in the game. Uh, I think we saw the game against Miami where they were competitive but just obviously didn't have enough juice to get over the hump. Um, I think their defense is coming together, and that's the part that scares me a little bit. I think this number's a little too big, so I'm staying away from it. If you if you like it in the tease, I, I you know I'm I'm jumping on board with that there for you though, Greg. And and here, if you want to get a little, uh, you you always like to use the term styles make fights, right? Which, by the way, I think it's VH1 that um, is running a Rocky marathon and has been. You got to get out and, and watch some Rocky here on on Christmas because it's just fantastic stuff. But best Rocky, best Rocky. What what number? Oh man, that's a loaded question. I I gotta go with four, man. I I, I love Rocky Four. Uh, just a big fan. Great soundtrack too. The the way that they scored those movies is just unbelievable. Home Alone has great music as well, by the way. Um, so but you say Styles make make fight um, over and the minus seven. So if you want to go with that or an if bet, um, if minus seven, then over, um, I think you're you're in good shape there, too. So if you want to do that, um, I, I think that's that's a good play there, because obviously if they're loading it up, um, it's going to be on Houston side of things. It's not going to be on the Bengals. And quite frankly, Houston doesn't really have too much of a defense either there. So you could you could go with both of them and probably hit both ways. 
I like that. Yeah, you got to go with the over if you're going to cover that number in my mind. I don't see there's a way they cover it if it doesn't go over there. Great point. Yep. All right, the next game you're looking at is the Chicago Bears, the now playoff hopeful Chicago Bears coming off their win, a 7-3 and three on the season uh, against... <laughs> Against the Minnesota Vikings, 7-3, and three, my record, excuse me there, uh, against Greg head-to-head on the season so far. Uh, but they now have playoff aspirations, and they're going to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars, who now have number one overall pick aspirations. Greg, you're on the Bears in this one. Why? Indeed I am. So um, last week, when I was losing that bet last week um, to you, we said we want to play on the winner of that game. We don't want to play against. Now, it just so happens that it's working out perfectly that way. We're playing against the Vikings this week because they're essentially out. I don't think they're mathematically eliminated, but they're essentially out. Uh, And then you have, to me, this works out like who the heck could have guessed that the Jets were going to upset the Rams, right? You guessed that they were going to keep it close, right? And an educated guess, obviously. But the outright upset, therefore handing the number one pick to Jacksonville. Now, I know we've seen some kind of stupid stuff. I feel like towards the end of the year, like these bad teams, because they're bad, they keep passing back and forth like the first pick in the draft. But like... You got to get this thing right. Yeah, I mean, you haven't won a game in what's it, thirteen or fourteen straight weeks that they haven't won a game, um, and then you get the the highly motivated Chicago Bears, right? So they've been able to put up points against bad defenses. You exactly said when I said, "Well, who have they played?" And you said, "Well, who are they playing this week?" Right? And it was the Vikings, and they hung thirty three points against the Vikings, even with that uh, interception in the end zone. That I think you were getting a little. A little uneasy about there when when Trubisky did that and then promptly four and out uh, by the Vikings. But um, great situation there. They have been putting up points. I think they're going to continue to put up points. Why why would they not not against Jacksonville? Everyone scores against them. And then Jacksonville against that Chicago defense, which is their strength. I like it. I, I really like the situation. It's a cheap seven and a half for me. Me, it's seven and a half minus one hundred and five. So to buy it down, I probably got to lay one twenty, one twenty-five. So I'll buy it down to seven. You can still get it in, in a ton of seven-point teases if you want to run something else through that. Uh, but I like the situation. I like everything that's happening here, and I think the Jets help this out a lot, uh, putting Jacksonville in the driver's seat for the first pick. I got to say that I was all about the Bears last week, and the one reason that I am not on the Bears this week at that number, you said it, Mitchell Trubisky. As a touchdown-plus favorite, look, I gave him his due uh, last week and what he was playing, how he was playing going into that. I agree that Jacksonville's defense is is not uh, you know anything to, to write home about, and obviously he's proved he can play against those types of defenses. But now he's in in a position where he is the favorite and expected to perform well. That makes me nervous. One note that I do like in Chicago's favor, Allen Robinson going against his former team for the first time ever. They seem to love him over there in Chicago. I think that helps as he tries to rally his teammates and get a win there. I can't lay more than a touchdown. It's not worth it to me to buy it down to a touchdown in this one with the Bears. Although I do think that this is uh, a spot where I could see them blowing out uh, Jacksonville a la the way they did a couple weeks ago 
against the Texans. Um, but I'm going to pass on this one just because that offense is too inconsistent this week. But watch out. I said this about Tennessee last year. Watch out for Chicago if they make it into the playoffs. This defense is no joke. I know that offense struggles. But if you get a team like this in bad weather that is is good at stopping the other team from scoring, they have a shot. And that's all you need in the playoffs is a shot. Their running game looking a lot better with Montgomery. This is the game that I want to watch to see about the Chicago team and how they're, they should come out and blow them out, right? And that's what a playoff team would do. That's what a team that's going to make the playoffs would do. I'm not sold on them yet. That makes me a little nervous, and that's the only reason I stay away. If they win this game convincingly, look out. I think Chicago wins a game maybe two in the playoffs. I'm not sold on anybody yet. Uh, in the NFC. All right, the last game I have on the schedule for you is the Sunday night matchup. Speaking about those Tennessee Titans, getting three and a half points as they head to Green Bay. I really like the Titans this week. I'm back and forth on them all season. I think this is a great spot. I love the Titans as an underdog. They're getting three in the hook here. I think this is a playoff spot where they're going to see how they match up against what many people consider to be the best team in the NFC in the Green Bay Packers. I think that this this half point is the reason I'm taking them. I think this is going to be a very close game. I think sometimes that hook makes all the difference. Tennessee has proven that they can score with anybody. Uh, and for that reason, I think that this is going to be a last possession, who has the ball in their hands type of game. I think we know that Green Bay's defense uh, doesn't get enough credit over there. They do have pass rushers uh, who can put pressure on the quarterback and the Smith brothers. Uh, but I think their secondary is a little bit suspect. And I think the wide receivers of Tennessee can take advantage of that playoff the play action game. I think the number is like 56 and a half, which is high, but I still like the over in this one. Um, so I think Tennessee, this is a field goal game either way. Something like 34-31 is my prediction. Um, whichever quarterback has the ball last ends up winning. Now look. If it ends up being a safe, you know, Tennessee gets a safety as they try and do seven laterals, even though they're down, you know, just three at the end of the game, so be it. I'm not meant to win that one, and we've seen that happen already once this year. But I love this as a playoff matchup. And the last thing I want to note is the fact that Tennessee can't afford to coast. This game means everything to them because Indianapolis is right there on their heels. They both have the same record, uh, 10 and 4. Right now, Tennessee holds the tiebreaker on that one. So I'll take the hook. You have any, um, I was just thinking when you were talking there, so I looked it up. It's looking like 60% chance of snow, 30 degrees. That help or hurt your handicap in any way? I So, you know, I thought about weather in the cold it, it, the being a factor in there. You want to tackle Derrick Henry in the cold? I just think that that plays into the Titans' hands more. And, you know, Tennessee has is familiar with snow games. They played in cold weather. It's not, you know, crazy um, for them. And also I like, I, I, give me Vrabel on the coaching edge, right? In this one. So I, I want to see that happen there. Um, they have a way of, of playing up to their competition and I think playing down to their competition, Tennessee. So I, I think that they end up, uh, keeping this one close enough. And if it's cold, God help those linebackers in that secondary trying to tackle De Derek Henry out there. Cause I don't want to tackle them when it's nice and warm. Well, that's already the equation to beat Green Bay, right? So that's why I asked you if it helps or hurts, right? Because that, that is like the primary weather, right? So teams that aren't 
typically familiar with the weather going into a place where they're getting bad weather. Um, but if it helps the run game, right, then it helps. I feel like it helps your side. Um, you know, so, And we saw this. I think the, that with the running game, though, is also very interesting because we saw Green Bay run the ball last week in the first half against Carolina. They were they were able to run the ball up and down the field. I think they got a little bit away from that in the second half. They had 21 points in the first half. They still managed to put up their points. And let's not forget, Carolina drove the ball up and down the field on them. They just couldn't convert in the red zone. That's not going to happen, in my opinion, with Tennessee. We'll see what happens when it plays out on Sunday night. But that, that could have been a very high-scoring game, too, gone the other way there. And uh, I think the Packers stick with the run do a little bit more off the play action there. And I think that actually helps both of these teams um, in, in hitting that over. Look, I'm, I haven't decided if I'm playing that over yet. We'll see. But Tennessee is the way to go in this one in my mind. You think real quick here, either Derrick Henry from the two or a fake to Henry from the two and Tannehill scampering in with that little flip that he likes to do is a lot more high efficiency than Teddy Bridgewater fumbling the ball by putting it trying to do his best Drew Brees up and over. Like, come on, man. That was the shocking part to me because he definitely learned that from Drew Brees. I thought Teddy would be a little bit more athletic. I thought he'd be able to get up and over. Drew Brees, maybe I don't give him enough credit. He must have some serious ups uh, (laughs) because he always makes that look really easy. Like, he makes it look really easy. when I've never seen anyone go up over the top and nail Drew Brees the way Teddy Bridgewater got nailed. It was, that was ridiculous. He, he uh, alligator-armed it, man. He, he got a little bit nervous about getting hit, didn't stick it all the way out, and bam, it came I, out. Well, and I think that's the major thing, right? you got to be 100% committed to that, and I think Drew Brees is used to doing that, right? And he knows he's just got to get it over real quick, and then he's good to go and get it get it out of harm's way. So, With cool. that being said, uh, I am 100% committed to enjoying the rest of this Christmas day as well as the rest of this football Fabulous weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's a smorgasbord. Enjoy it all if you're watching college football. Don't forget to check out the Wingfoot Lock on Instagram, going for 70% on the year. We had a cigar game last week with the overhitting in the third quarter. It doesn't get much better than that, folks. Gifts all over the place. Anything else? Hey, happy birthday to your little guy. Uh, Thank you very much. everyone. And listen, on Dasher, on Dancer, on Donner, on Blitzen, enjoy the games, everybody. Remember, until next week, it's not whether you win or lose. It's whether or not you cover the spread. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Wing Foot Locks. Merry Christmas, everyone. Talk to you next year.